of my Sunlight Samurais, how are you guys doing? So high libido, what can you expect? High libido is what we want as men, we want high libido, we think we want it, but there's a lot of misconceptions as to what it really means to have high libido. And that's what I want to talk to you about, dispel some of these misconceptions and make you aware of what it means to have high libido and what you can expect. Alright, so there's three basic things when it comes to libido. The first one is you have you have the visual stimulation, you have the mental stimulation, and you have the physical stimulation. So physical is obviously when you physically touch someone or someone touches you, the mental is you just think of stuff, and the visual is you see stuff. So I want to start with the mental aspect. Mental aspect is basically your baseline. It is your ability to turn on and also the ability to be... Um, you know, to think sexual thoughts, to to be mentally horny, if that makes any sense. So as we were teenagers, we just had that higher baseline level of horniness. We were just ready all the time, you know, and you don't even have to see something, think of something, you're just, just kind of like, you know, you're just like this ant horniness. So this is the mental side of it that's controlled a lot by your hormones and neurotransmitters. And this can be modulated a lot. But it's also negatively influenced by a lot of things that will take you away. So I want to talk quickly about that. So first of all, to be in a higher baseline mental state, you want higher androgens and libido and sympathetic nervous system drive. Because the androgens is the easy part. You just want to make sure you have high levels of testosterone and DHEA. So the testosterone will convert into DHT. The DHEA will convert into androsterone. So people that have higher levels of androsterone are hornier than people that have lower levels of androsterone with the same level of testosterone. So testosterone and DHT on labs aren't the best markers for libido. You want to look at androsterone and you can do that by looking at the whole androgen metabolite pool by doing a Dutch test. So high testosterone, high DHEA, but you want to look at the DHEA sulfate to cortisol ratio. Because the higher the ratio, the better. DHEA sulfate is good, cortisol is bad. If you have a high ratio, it means you're stressed. And stress is one of the things that put a break on the mental libido aspect. So high androgens, and make sure your estrogen is not too high. Estrogen can cause complications in the long run as well. Uh, but you need a little bit of estrogen, you want to crush it completely for libido. And then you want to have high dopamine. So the thing is, again, come back to stress. When you are stressed, it causes dysregulation of the dopamine system or just dysregulation of your neurotransmitters in general. But I want to focus specifically on dopamine. So it desensitizes the dopamine receptor and you end up with like more anhedonic behavior because you're not really sensing that dopamine as effectively. So you can try to boost dopamine, that can help, but you more so want to resensitize your dopamine and you want to fix the stress axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis because if you don't fix that, it will always cause dysfunction of the, the um, dopamine system. So one of the things that you can do is you can just use some um, adaptogens to blunt the adrenal axis so that can resensitize it and all of that, you know, keep a break on the adrenal systems. And then that will result in higher levels of uh, dopamine. And then you use something like Prunella vulgaris, um, Sulbatiamine, which is a fat-soluble vitamin B1, Uridine, sunlight, some of these things can increase the dopamine receptor, resensitize your body to it. So I like sulbatiamine because it's a cofactor for proper glucose oxidation and I talked about nootropics and brain energetics in the previous video. And then obviously uridine is also really good and the prunella is also good because it resensitizes the dopamine system and it has anti-estrogen um, anti effects. So if someone has estrogen dominant, 
it can really help against that. But because the, the, the reason why estrogen is also bad is because in excess it stimulates the release of uh, serotonin and prolactin. Both of those have anti-libido effects. All right, so uh, calm the stress system, increase your androgens and dopamine and make sure that your serotonin and prolactin is in check. So usually when you have an orgasm, prolactin spikes. And the longer you take to recover, that usually is an indication that your prolactin is staying high, higher than it should, taking longer for the prolactin to come down. That's called the refractory period. So if you have an orgasm and you have to take like a week before you can do it again, that means you're not in a very healthy state. You should probably focus on lowering serotonin and prolactin. Whereas other people can take like 30 minutes, five minutes to recover before in between sessions. And also a very important thing, and it's, I mentioned this earlier, is brain energetics. When your body senses that it is in a caloric deficit, it is starving, it's not having enough energy. So you don't even have to not consume enough food to be in a low energy state. Your brain can be in a low energy state even while you're eating enough food. But if your brain senses that it's in a low energy state, it will downregulate things like libido and androgen synthesis. So you want to make sure your brain energetics is in an optimal state and then you will respond better. So please check out the previous video that I did on brain energetics to get a proper idea of, of what's going on there. And then if you have your thyroid in check, your metabolism is checked, your brain energetics is in check, your androgens, your dopamine, everything's in check, but you still don't have this mental libido, it does bleed into the, the psychological aspect of this. Does, there's something in your psyche that could be inhibiting proper libido, and that is a huge rabbit hole to go into, and I'm not gonna explore that at the moment. All right, so the next one we have the physical touch. Some people don't respond as well to the physical touch. And this can be either because they are extremely nervous to the experience or some kind of psychological aspect which desensitizes them to that experience. Or it can be because their androgens, again, is not in a really good place. So let's just start with the androgen aspect. When you androgens, again, you want optimal oxytocin, dopamine, and your androgens to be able to feel the pleasure. And also uh, histamine, histamine is also involved in that. So um, again, androgens is simple, I just discussed that, dopamine, the same thing. So physical is more or less the same as the, the mental aspect of it. You wanna make sure you're in a good, healthy state, that's in a low inflammation state, and then your senses and your touch and everything will be enhanced when you are in a low inflammation, high energy state. All right, so now let's talk about the sympathetic nervous system. This whole sympathetic nervous system works on a gauge uh, when it comes to libido. So as men, we want to be a little bit more sympathetically activated. So sympathetic nervous system starts becoming activated. This is when we start to get more drive and focus in life. And then when we see someone, whew, you know, the sympathetic nervous system goes even higher. This is, it, it focus, it gets you to drive. It's like, let's, let's go do something, you know? But then it, it, when it goes too high, you start becoming really anxious you're becoming overstimulated. And when you're becoming overstimulated, uh, overactivation of the sympathetic nervous system inhibits the ability to get an erection and also promotes ejaculation. So you can't get an erection and you get premature ejaculation. That's not good. You want to be optimally stimulated, not, not overstimulated. So that's why a lot of people, when on their first encounter with someone, they might be extremely anxious, they can't get it up, and they just like explode all over the place when they get the opportunity. <laughs> And you know, that's not a good thing. So the thing that really helps is activating the GABA system. So you wanna use something to activate GABA that's gonna calm the sympathetic nervous system. You can actually perform better. 
So something like this, like Finibit, is absolutely amazing for this. So this is something that you use only on the first encounter or when you're really nervous. So, you know, that first time you go and talk to someone is the most nerve-wracking. And once you have done that, the subsequent times it's much easier to go and talk to someone. So you want to use something that's going to blunt that axis activation of the sympathetic nervous system, and then you're in a better place to not need it subsequent times. So it's just breaking that overactivation. So the thing is that when we are chronically stressed, again, stress activates the release of cortisol and norepinephrine and adrenaline. So we're chronically stressed because we get this dysregulation of the sympathetic nervous system. So we're kind of like always overstimulated and, and then we, you know, when you're stressed, your body can't focus on relaxing things like reproduction. So we want to make sure that we focus, try to do a low stress life so that we are kind of like remain sensitive to the sympathetic nervous system. And then only when the occasion arrives, we start activating the sympathetic nervous system so that we get ready for whatever uh, comes next. So that is the physical stimulation and how to fix it. And lastly, we can talk about the visual stimulation. And this is, wait, before I go to the visual, I still want to talk about like the physical. And there are some psychological aspects to this. But the thing is, let's talk about masturbation. So a lot of people don't always have a partner. Or even if they have a partner, they still do masturbate. There's a big difference between masturbation and doing it with someone. And there's also a big difference between just doing it with a random person versus doing it with someone you care about and you bond with. So caring with someone and bonding with that person is the ultimate. And then masturbation and just, you know, having someone else on the side is just so suboptimal to having this perfect package. So doing anything in this area, like masturbation and sleeping around with other people, can cause psychological problems because it's very unsatisfying. Now, I don't know about you, but this was my experience. When I was, before I was married, I was also masturbating a lot, as most men do. And it was very unsatisfying. You're very horny, you masturbate, it's like, oh, okay, got some relief. But it creates more frustration. It creates a psychological problem where you, you, you don't really go and get out, you don't go out and get the real deal. Because you know, like, you know, when I'm horny, I don't have to go and find someone I can just like masturbate and get rid of the feeling. But it's unsatisfying because you didn't actually do it with someone. You didn't bond with someone. It wasn't anything special. It, it creates this kind of like icky feeling. It's not nice, at least in my experience. And I know this happens to a lot of people as well. So this creates a psychological thing where it can actually harm the ability to do it with someone. Because now it creates orgasm, this connection between orgasm and disappointment and unsatisfaction. So even though you're going to do it with someone, you already establish that connection between uh, orgasm and the disappointment. So that bleeds into when you go and do it with someone else, whether it be someone random or someone special. So that's masturbation. Again, that is a massive rabbit hole that we can do a whole other video on um, that I'm not going to talk about further here. So lastly, we got the visual aspect in this. We have to talk about porn a lot here. So um, again, the, the three things is basically the mental, the physical, and the visual, and they all work together. This is when things are really special. This is when you have the highest libido, the peak libido, when things work in functionality together. But let me just talk about the context real quickly here. When it comes to the visual stimulation, people expect like, I'm gonna walk in the mall, I'm gonna see someone, I'm just gonna get a boner. Like, that is not, that's not, that's not normal. First of all, that's not how things work. 
because because first of all your your visual um, senses become desensitized because we in society everyone is dressing inappropriately almost everyone then on social media and movies everything is inappropriate so we're so desensitized to provocativeness that if you go and see someone's like well that's normal well i'm supposed to get a bone runner but it's like that's also normal you know that's why people go and view all more and more extreme stuff on porn because they need more and more severe stimulation uh, to get aroused so if you're constantly desensitized to all of this and then you see someone that's supposed to be special and you're not becoming aroused like well you can like desensitize to it so and then another a big rabbit hole that i'm also not going to go into is or more into detail is this whole porn masturbation thing that, that's a massive rabbit hole and i just know that um that does create a lot of psychological problems whether you be alone sleeping with someone else or having someone special and it's especially harmful if you have someone special in your life and it can create a lot of psychological problems that can affect your libido and your sexual function negatively. So you're watching porn, you're seeing all of these perfect women, and the reason I say perfect is because all of them are photoshopped and everything, and you know, jobs done and whatever. And you're used to that, and now you might see your woman, which is not perfect, and again, it's disappointment. You're masturbating, which feels disappointing. Now you're seeing someone disappointing. You're uh, associating orgasm with something disappointing and now you're also not mentally horny because you're not in a good state of health and everything is just a disaster you know it's like <sighs> masturbating too much watching too much porn or just being desensitized by society and that creates a lot of problems in a relationship and not even in a relationship but just with the brain penor connection um, so that's why people when they go on no fap is they get a lot of benefit because they resensitize themselves to all of these things they resensitize and when you resensitize the visual system your mental system benefit and also the physical system starts to benefit and then things start to work better but the thing is like now they focus so much on nofap but the thing is like you still have to go out and um, be uh, get someone special to bond with that's the ultimate goal that's what you want to do you want to stop fiddling around with things that's harmful and do something like the end goal is get someone special but the thing is like a lot of people get stuck fiddling here in the middle and lose sight of the end product like go out and find someone special to replace whatever this messed up business was in the middle so that was expectations of high libido uh, let's just recap the physical aspect is you can have a higher baseline level of libido but you're not going to be turned on all the time. Sometimes you have to focus on your business. Sometimes you have to focus on buying groceries. Sometimes, or like 90% of the time, you're not going to be horny. But when the opportunity arises, you can be horny immediately because you have that baseline. So don't expect to be walking around like hawk eyes, like, ooh, I'm just checking out everyone. It's like, that is not normal. That's kind of creepy. So that's the, the, the mental aspect. Then the, um, the, the physical aspect is that uh, expectations is that you want to be aroused when someone touches you but you don't want to be aroused when someone touches your shoulder or even your leg like if someone on a loving way touches your leg you're not supposed to get an erection for that but if you and your partner is uh, sitting on the couch something is going to happen she's touching your leg maybe get a little bit higher you know things can happen because that's the expectation you're going to do something and that's just the thing like a lot of the time you can see your wife your partner is like mm, you know that's hot but you're not going to get an erection unless you know you're going to do something. And it also depends on the, the, the modus of that person. If that person is trying to be sexual with you, like trying to be seductive, then you can become aroused and get an erection. But if that person is just working, 
you're not necessarily supposed to get an erection for that person unless you start to mentally um, fantasize over that person. Then I think like if if that person is close to you and you already have a special bond with the person, you start to fantasize about that person. Then it's completely normal to become aroused in an erection and then potentially like stimulate something to happen. But the, the goal is the context is always like you have this baseline of libido, but it, you can only become fully aroused and get erections when you know you're going to do something. And if you're not going to do something, there's no need in getting erections and becoming overly annoying with that person because you're not going to do anything. And lastly, the visual aspect is if you're constantly overstimulated visually, you're going to desensitize yourself and that's going to cause problems. So you want to resensitize yourself, not lost all over the place. And that's going to benefit the visual, mental and physical aspect as well. And also on the visual aspect is that when you, as I already mentioned just now, when you see your partner, you like what you see. But if it's not a sexual way, you're not going to be aroused. Um, you can be aroused, but you're not going to be wanting to haunt that person. You know what I mean? Unless it's going to go into a sexual direction and things can happen. So that is high libido. The, the, um, the expectations is that it's always in moderation. You shouldn't be like this, this super horny beast all the time. That's not high libido. High libido is when there's moderation and you can focus on tasks that you have to focus on. If you have to do groceries, have to do your job, you have to do the, drive a car, whatever the case may be, you focus on that and you're not horny because it's in that context. In the right context, you want to function optimally um, sexually. So I hope this video was helpful. If you have any questions going into very various aspects, I can elaborate for you guys on how to optimize individual aspects that you are um, interested in. And also keep in mind that there are so many different cases out there. So I was just very generalizing at the moment because everyone is different and everyone is having a different problem. Someone might have a normal metabolism, but they're uh, still not horny. Or someone is uh, have a poor metabolism, but they're horny. There's so many variables. But this is what's just general, what you can expect from my libido. And this is what it is in my experience. And also talking to my wife and discussing all of these things. Um, so yeah, leave, me, uh, leave a comment below and uh, ask me your questions. And I will make more videos on this. And I hope this video was helpful. I will check you in the next one, guys. Peace out.